Zakawani, the flying winger. Oh, goodness me! He doesn't mean anybody, Steve Zakawani! Steve Zakawani was never fun to stick up against. Was it for Zakawani? None of this is possible. It's Steve! It's Steve! <laughs> this is so weird. Steve Zakawani! What's up, everyone? Steve Zakawani here, and we're back. Another episode of Winging It with Zakawani. Um, lots to discuss today. The disappointing result against Real Salt Lake this weekend, which is really up there with some of the low points in franchise history, I'll say. I have more to say on that. My friend, DeAndre Yedlin, um, hometown hero, he stops by. We have a chat about his career, his thoughts on missing the World Cup, that fateful night in Trinidad, and just really talking about his fantastic transition to Europe and a great season with Newcastle, helping that team to stay up, playing most of the games. And then we'll preview, once again, RSL, um, a second back-to-back game against them, but they will look different and hopefully the Sounders will also look different and as always, we'll take a few of your questions. Only one place to really start and that's this weekend. Um, I was thinking, you know, my drive home from the stadium just about my debut in Seattle. Seattle's debut, the MLS inaugural game and I remember a few of us just kind of looking around and taking it in and I think it was like, Back then, maybe just 30,000 fans, not 40 like now, but it's as loud as I'd ever heard any stadium in my life. And there was like confetti flying from the stands. And I just came from Ohio. So I was like, this is unbelievable. And then you just knew after that game that Seattle would be special. You knew it'd be special when they signed Lundberg and Casey Keller. You knew it'd be special when they managed to get Ziggy Schmidt, who at that time had just won, I believe, MLS Cup with Columbus. You knew it'd be special when they'd sold, you know, 19, 20,000 season tickets before a ball was kicked. You knew. But after that inaugural game, after the first Freddie goal, after the three points and the final whistle, you knew this place would be special. And over the years, I was very fortunate to be a part of some really amazing moments. I think back to my highlight, I would say, was winning the second Open Cup at home against Columbus because that 2010 team in the second half of the season was the most fun team I played on. We were rolling and we just could do no wrong and we couldn't lose. And to win that for the second time as an ex- after being an expansion team in front of our fans was amazing. And I remember I used to live right by the stadium at the time in a condo down there and you know drinking so much champagne after the game and then barely making it home, walking home. Um, but just an incredible, incredible amazing experience I you know I remember the game we played against New England in 2010 and we'd been struggling I think we were like four seven and four really struggling then Leo Gonzalez scored a absolute screamer and then I scored probably the goal of my career and then you know we won that game 3-0 and went on a run so there's been some amazing moments but there's also been some low moments losing at home 4-0 to LA in the midst of that bad run in 2010 I remember that but on that day when we walked off the pitch the fans applauded us. And I was thinking back to that this weekend. And why were the fans clapping for us? And I, they weren't happy we lost 4-0. Of course not. And not to LA. You know, that was a rivalry at the time. A really real rivalry um, between us and them. But I think we had earned the benefit of the doubt by a fantastic expansion season. And they saw hope. And the way we played, we most game, we were losing. But the way we played, there was excitement. There was Montero was here. Um, Lundberg, not as great in his second year, but he could still do some stuff. Um, I was coming into my own. Alonso was coming into his own. We had Brad Evans. So there still was, I think, games where we would lose 
but it was exciting. There was things that were happening. And so the fans, I think, were, found it easier to keep the faith because they could see the turnaround coming if maybe one or two things changed. And they did. Lumber got traded. Alvaro Fernandez came in. Blaise Kufo came in. And we went to finish the season 10, 2, and 3 and really should have done better in the playoffs. On Saturday, it was a 1-0 defeat, not 4-0, and not really to our rival. And that's being down on the pitch, doing my sideline job, probably as flat as I've heard the stadium over the course of 90 minutes. And that's no indictment on the fans whatsoever. They were doing their best trying to get the guys going, but there's only so much you can do. And I think when I look back, it's because, just like the fans, I stood on the side and I didn't see where the gold would come from. I didn't see any moment that got me off my seat. I didn't see anything that resembled what made this place and that stadium so special, such a fortress. It wasn't there. You can lose, but you can also lose well and lose badly. Losing well means you gave a fight, you had chances, there's hope, there's a silver lining. To be frank and to be honest, that wasn't there on Saturday and it was flat. And that's nervous. There's been low points before. The summer of 2016, anyone? Kansas away. I think it was 3-0. The last game of the Ziggy Schmidt era. That was a really low point. We know how that year ended up. So there's a silver lining. But Saturday, I will say, of all the home defeats this season, even the one with 10 men Columbus, that was probably the one because I think we could have played three more 90 minutes and I don't know where the gold would have come from. Nick Romano didn't really work that hard. The RSL backline, which I thought was average. Brooks Lennon is not a right back. I would have loved to have played against him. Some, I love playing against midfielders converted to right backs. Um, they've given up 26 goals already this year in like 10 or 11 games and they weren't troubled. There was a shot from Nuhu, which Nick was pretty comfortable with, and maybe one more. But for the most part, it just felt flat. And it was flat on the pitch, and that reflected back into the stands as a whole. So I would say Saturday really, really ranks up there, with maybe even losing to Portland in 2013 in the playoffs. That was a low moment for this franchise. And it's sports, it's peaks, it's valleys, it's cycles, and... It's not an indictment on the team. They're just going for a really, really, really bad spell. And Saturday wasn't good enough. The guys know that. You want to find reasons? Okay, the Hondualo injury didn't help. I'll give you that. He's an exciting talent. You know, obviously has a lot to prove still. But he at least can maybe get you off your seat. He can try to make things happen. Um, he gets injured. It's tough when your left-hand side is two left-backs. Francis and Nuhu, but Brian Schmetzer's hands are pretty much tied. He has to play who's healthy. He's got to play who doesn't upset the balance of the team as a whole, but you have two left-backs trying to attack down the left-hand side. That's going to be tough. You're missing so many players. Ozzy's not there. The three World Cup guys are gone. I mean, Will Bruin's injured. Victor hasn't played. It still is also that. So this isn't still the full team. We know that, but it still was a team good enough to beat Salt Lake. There's no going away from that. So where do you go from here? Hopefully, Will Bruin is back this weekend. Can push Clinton back to the 10 because he can't be a lone striker, I don't think, at this point of his career also, especially with no speedy wingers. I think you have to try and inject some pace into the team if that's Wingo, if that's Lamar. Like you got to get some 
thing dynamic. Get someone who can run in behind, someone who the back four of the op- opponent looks at and goes, okay, we're going to have to run today. I think of someone like Dominic Oduro, who technically is a very average soccer player, but he's made a living in this league and had a really good career because he's so fast. Just that alone gets him into great positions. I would take that right now because you need something. It takes one win and then a second win and then a draw and then another win. And it might be ugly, but now you're four games unbeaten. So that's what it needs to take for the Sounders. I am from the school of Pep Guardiola. I love beautiful football. I love one touch, two touch. I love passing. I love give and go. I love just dominating the opposition. I don't care about that right now. Win any which way you can. That goes out the window. The goal for that team, if I was in that, in that locker room, what I'd be saying is, look, we may have reinforcements coming after the World Cup. We know we're getting our free World Cup players back. We know we'll probably be healthier after the summer. Until then, we're scrapping for points. We're doing whatever it takes to get points. What's bad is bad, but it doesn't mean it can't get better. And with this coaching staff led by Brian Schmetzer and the leaders in that locker room, the Chad Marshalls, Stephen Fry, Alonzo, I think you have to believe that at some point it's going to turn around. Questions. And as you can imagine, I had to look really, really hard for um, good questions because it really wasn't good. One question was here. And (laughs) the question is, do you still think this team has earned the benefit of the doubt or are we allowed to now panic? Uh, Listen, my answer to that is you can panic all you want. I think that's fair. Um, The one big silver lining now isn't even that reinforcements are coming or guys are coming back from injury. It's the setup of MLS. Just get six. Don't look at the first place. Support show, that's gone. Sixth place. You look at that, you'll rest a little bit easier at night because that's not that hard to get if you can put a run together. Much more to come. When we return, I'll be joined by DeAndre Yedlin. Um, Always a fun time when he stops by. We have a great chat, which you'll really enjoy. And then I'll see you on the other side. This is Winging It with Zachary. Headed away by the first T-Ross man. Yedlin hits it and scores! Fantastic goal from 30 yards on the volley! It'll still fall for Yedlin! Saved by Eric, not again though! Yedlin! Yes! Welcome back to Winging It with Zakwani. I'm so glad to be joined by my boy, my friend, the man, the myth, the legend. He's in town, Seattle's homegrown hero. So many titles, but DeAndre Yedner, what's up, man? Yes, man. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Great you got, you, you got a little bit of London twang now. I'm seeing it, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I got a, um, <laughs> I got a boy up in Newcastle that's from Bristol that yeah, I yeah. always hang with. So, you know, I, I, <laughs> I always hear that now that I got a little bit of a, I don't I know like what it. kind of accent it is. It's but, the yeah. slang, the lingo fitting in. Yeah. Um, you're back home for a little bit, but you're coming off a really good season with Newcastle. I think I came to a game you guys played Burnley. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, you guys had a good start to the season, kind of went off the rails, yeah. finished strong. Team-wise, how was the season? Talk us through it, and then also individually. Okay, yeah. I mean, team-wise, uh, it was honestly, it, it was one of the hardest seasons I've been a part of, but yeah. also one of the best because, like you said, our season started so well. Um, and, you know, obviously, we were a team that had just promoted. We hadn't really brought anybody else in, so... Yeah. 
I mean, it's funny how media is because they said last in the, when we were in the championship, they said we're a Premier League team in the championship because obviously we're doing so well. And this year they said we're a championship team yeah. in the Premier League. So, yeah, yeah. no, it's funny. I don't think a lot of people have big expectations for us. But, you know, we started well. Then, like you said, I think we went nine games uh, without a win. Um, so then at pretty much everybody around, you know, our team besides the team was getting negative. Um, I mean, that's just <laughs> that's just how it yeah, is. Yeah. Um, but I think the thing with this team is, you know, we all stay positive. We all stay together. I think that's one of the good things about Rafa Benitez is he kept everybody, you know, positive. And, you know, he said basically, you know, <laughs> nobody was expecting us to stay up. So we really have nothing to lose. You know, right. we, we, we know how good we are and we know how good we can be. And we started this season so well. So there's no reason why, you know, we can't, you know, be there. Um, and then really from there, from 2000, when, two, when the New Year started, 2018, we just cracked on and, um, you know, started beating some big teams and, right. and winning important games. And, um, you know, obviously ended up finishing, this, finishing the season in 10th, which was, uh, I think, exceeded a lot of people's That's expectations. unbelievable. And for you, you the starting right back. Like, yeah. when did you know that that was your spot to lose? Like, I've got this. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, I think when we were going through that rough patch and, you know, Rafa is the kind of uh, manager that, you know, when you lose, he'll change up the team. And, you know, the fact that he just kept me in there, kept me in there, kept me in there, kept me in there. Um, I think I kind of knew at that point, okay, you know, he, he has a lot of trust in me and, you know, ex- expects certain expects certain things out of me. So um, I think it was that from that point I knew kind of, you know, I have this position. But, you know, I, I also couldn't get comfortable because you, you, you never can, yeah. especially over there, you never can get comfortable. Yeah. Best team you played against? Best team, mm, a city. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it was it was ridiculous. I I remember we were playing at City. I came on for fifteen minutes. <laughs> it was actually it was actually two nothing. I came on for fifteen minutes. We scored uh-huh. two one. Uh, Sane got the ball. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Did a madness. Dribbled through about three four people, and then it's just me one on one with him in the box. <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> Fake shot with his right, bang, straight through my legs <laughs> at the left. And that's going to be on the highlight videos for years and years and years to come. It, so, hap- it happens, yeah. man. But that, that, that's the best team, though. Yeah, 100%. Um, I'm not sure about some of the wingers you face. Because I think when you're outside back, you're playing against really good mm. players. And mm. some of them I watch. So, like, yeah. um, Wilfred Zaha. Yeah. Good player. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What makes Very. him good? I think, I think just how unpredictable he is. Yeah. You know, I think he's a – and obviously his pace and power and everything like that. But – he he's the kind of guy he can go both ways, yeah. you know, without any problem. And he's also, I think, for a defender, when you know there's, that there's a guy who wants to humiliate you, yeah. he wants to, he'll beat you and come back and then beat you again. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It kind of puts a fear in a fear in your head to yeah. where it makes you make certain mistakes. You know, you dive in at certain times when you shouldn't. Um, so I think like like him, I was actually just with him in Miami, by the okay. way, as well. Good. So we had talks about this that <laughs> he needs to get out of the Premier League <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really quick. So don't even play him next year. <laughs> Eden Hazard, yeah, very very good player. He's um he's a little bit he's a little bit more. I mean, he's not gonna beat you with the flair. He's yeah. just so sharp. He's kind of like kind of like William, you know. Yeah, he's so sharp. Um, you know, I don't think there's any defender on the world that can have a first a first step on him, you know, mm-hmm. just how quick he is with the ball and then obviously how clinical he is in front of the goal, it's, it makes it pretty much impossible to yeah. stop. You're back home. You're not coming home for the summer. You're here. You're going to LA with a family. You wish you were going to Russia. Um, we've got to talk about it. Um, yeah. 
has that reality set in that there's no World Cup this year? Yeah, I think it has now. Um, you know, and slowly, 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 <laughs> kind of getting over it as much as I can. But, yeah. you know, obviously it's hard. And especially when it's the build-up to Russia, now that's all you're seeing is World Cup yeah. 2018. Um, you know, you, you have to think about it. But, um, right. you know, I think something that's, you know, putting a bit of a positive light on it is how good of the group we have yeah. coming up. You know, the guys coming up um, are it might be some of the best talent, you know, we've ever yeah. had in the U.S. So yeah. uh, I think it makes it very exciting and, um, you know, it's something that something that we can look forward to because, you know, sometimes at, at this point fans are saying, you know, oh, we have yeah. nothing to look forward to. There's no World Cup, whatever, whatever. But, no, there is something to look forward to. You know, there there's right. a very exciting group of young players coming up. For, I mean, everyone's given their reasons. I don't think anyone knows exactly why or whatever. Do you think it just was the team the team not good enough? Was the team good enough? Was it unlucky? Like, just fell short? Like, what? Why? No, I, I, I mean, I definitely don't think the team wasn't good enough. Right. I think we, we had a very good team. Yeah. Um, I think it was a mixture of uh, <laughs> being unlucky. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a mixture of just going in overconfident, especially that Trinidad game. Um, you know, especially off we, the 4-0 win. You know, when we, I think we beat Panama yeah. uh, for nothing. And um, we go into that game super confident. You know, I know we, we, we got to the pitch and yeah. there was a river around it, basically. Yeah. So it, I think in a way, it, I think that didn't even make it like, I don't know how to explain it. It was kind of like, it almost seemed like it was just a mess around game. Yeah. You know what I mean? When we got yeah. there and it was just kind of like, I don't know, the the just wasn't up to standard. You know what I mean? And I think that almost in our minds, we said, it kind of dropped our level even more because we were like, you know, you obviously knew the importance of the game, but it just didn't feel, it, you couldn't yeah. feel it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, that that's the kind of things that as a professional you have to get through. And, um, you know, on that day we didn't, unfortunately. And, you know, hopefully we can make up for it in the, in the coming yeah. years. I remember you at 16. <laughs> I remember you at Akron. Mm -hmm. I remember you, your rookie year here. Mm -hmm. I think the, when I'm seeing the person in front of me, confident mm -hmm. you kind of know your place i think you know what you're good at what you're not good at you've proven yourself in england mm -hmm. which is probably i would say the toughest league to adapt to and yeah. be consistent even yeah. as a defender right back um yeah. where do you feel you're at as a player in your development and your career right now um you know i, I think i still have a long way to go uh, i mean i'm 24 turning 25 in uh, july so yeah. I think if I said that I was near, you know, my ceiling, it would be an absolute lie. I think I have a long, long way to go. And, um, you know, I'm I'm excited for it because, yeah. you know, I, I see what, what I've done. And, you know, obviously I make mistakes and, mm -hmm. and everybody does. But I see I see what I've done and, and from where I've come from, um, you know, to know that I'm nowhere near my ceiling is a it's a good feeling because, you know, one, progressing is obviously a good feeling. But two, knowing that I can get that much better is uh, you know, it's 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 awesome to be able to. Someone asked me the other day, how far can DeAndre go? Is always DeAndre ready to play in a top six team? And this was my answer to them. I said, from what I know, you have to put DeAndre there when he's not ready, because yeah. then he adapts. Yeah. Like I think when you came to us in 2013, yeah. I didn't think you were ready to start. Yeah. Your opportunity came. Yeah. You started. I didn't think you were ready to go to the World Cup. Yeah. Opportunity came. You balled out. Yeah. I didn't think you were ready to go to England. Yeah. It came, so yeah. I think that I do see you eventually ending up in. Um, a top four team in England. Um, is that your ambition? A hundred percent. You know, I think if <laughs> I, I think, you know, playing a top four team in England is, I mean, obviously there's the Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern, uh, that would be great. But, you know, top four team in England, that's it's the best league in the world. And to be yeah. in a kind of team like that, you know, would, would be would be unbelievable. But, you know, like you said, I 
I, I don't know what it is about me, but, um, you know, I, th- I seem to adapt to situations well. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens, you know, in the, in the future. Um, but, yeah, at the, at the moment, I'm really enjoying my time at Newcastle. So, How's your life off the pitch over there? <laughs> it's good. I got, a, I got a dog. I'm sure it's everybody's <laughs> seen Simba. Yep. Uh, he's, uh, he's funny. He's, uh, at first when I got him, I was like, why did I do this? Like I was waking up in the middle of the night, you know, having to take him out to go to the bathroom. But now it's like, it's unbelievable. It's, it's, you know, I'm there by myself. So it's somebody that, you know, if I have a bad training or anything like that, you know, come home and he's so happy to see you. And, um, you know, he's probably more famous in Newcastle than I am. (laughs) You know, my, my dog walker will walk him around and everybody asks that Simba is that Simba trying to pet him and stuff. So uh i think he's enjoying it also um so yeah it's it's been good my my grandparents come over and visit me a lot um you know my family comes over you know a lot so most of the time i got people there but yeah. um no it's been it's been great the question i want to know also is because um i think sometimes you know i remember i think this must have been 10 years ago now you facebook messaged me mm-hmm. saying where should i go to college yeah and i'm like go Akron. Yeah, of course you messaged me one day asking for tickets to a sounders game yeah i'm like i got you and then You've had so much success, but to me, you've remained the same person. Yeah. So I, f- I came to London or England in October with my wife, and I'm yeah. like, hey, I'm coming to the game, whatever. No yeah. problem. I got you, whatever. Today, I'm like, look, you're busy. You've got short time here. You've stopped by the office. Yeah. What's, how have you stayed grounded, not let it get your head, and still kind of still be who you are? Because that's how I was raised. That's, uh, you know, that's, those are the, um, what's the word? Values. Those, those are the values, yeah. My grandparents yeah. instilled in me, and, um, you know, that's, that's why I got it tattooed on the back of my legs. I always remember the beginning. So, yeah. you know, while, you know, obviously, you know, while I'm making more money and, and doing right. this and doing that, obviously I'm going to enjoy, you know, what I can. But at the end of the day, the, the core of me is going to stay the same, the same person. Um, so, yeah, that's why I'm staying in my mom's basement while I'm here in <laughs> Seattle. <laughs> so, you know, it's obviously not the best because I'm all cold and stuff down there and taking cold showers. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, that's, that's where it began. So, um, you know, it's nice to nice to be humbled sometimes and, yeah. and come back. I smile every time I see you on Instagram with Darwin Jones and yeah. Sean O'Coley because yeah. that's who you came up with. Yeah. And then to still kind of have that friendship, um, I think that's incredible. Let me ask you this finally. I don't know how much you follow MLS, mm-hmm. how much you don't, but the team, the season, obviously hasn't had a great start to the season. Yeah. Um, when a team is struggling like that and you've been on teams that have done well, not done well, what does it take to turn that kind of situation around? togetherness that's it that's because we were in that exact same situation where we were we were really in a hole and everybody it seemed like was was against us i mean i've seen you on twitter where <laughs> you're the def- you're trying to defend the team and tell yeah. people stay positive to the fans yeah. i mean that's the most important thing and i think sometimes uh i think sometimes fans don't understand that that what like just the negative energy that yeah. you put it does it does affect the team it, it can affect yeah. the team you know and i think Sometimes that's the hard part about England because, you know, you'll, you'll come off the pitch and, and be tied where the fans think you're winning, they'll start booing at you. Yeah. So it is a men, it's, it's a mentality thing, but, you know, positivity. And that's something that, especially my time when I was in Seattle, the fans were always positive. Yeah. And it helped us. It helped us along. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, just togetherness and positivity, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's a long season. It's yeah. a long, long season. And, um, you know, all you need to do is get really get in one of the playoff spots and then, you know, yeah. then you have a, it's like a whole nother tournament. So yeah. we're going to settle this right now. Cause somebody asked me on Twitter who was the fastest sounder <laughs> in history. And I, I tweet a lot. So I went <laughs> after it. No, but I said my top five in no order. Yeah. This was for me. Yeah. I said, DeAndre. Yeah. I said, Darwin Jones. Yeah. Jordan Morris. Yeah. 
I want to say Sanan Yasi. Uh-huh. He was fast. And I put myself in there too. Yeah. Is that fair? Top very five? fair. That's fair. That's a very fair top five. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if there's any uh, outliers. Shea maybe. He's kind of quick. Um, yeah, I never saw him. Right? Yeah, I didn't really see. Um, that for me, Jordan, DeAndre, Sana, Darwin, Zachary. I think that. Yeah. Like, that's a quick relay team. We have to I drop someone so. out. But, uh, but hey, hey, you know who else is fast? Who? Uh, uh, Ashani. Is that Ashani? Yeah, Ashani. Fair, he was fair. quick. He was quick. <laughs> and he was a big boy as well, yeah. so it was weird. He was Pe- quick. Yeah. People say Oba. I don't view Oba as fast. No, he's quick. He's quick. He's quick. Yeah, he's quick. yeah. Oba's yeah. shifty. He's quick. Yeah. I think Oba's like of straight yeah. fast. Yeah. So I don't know who's the fastest in that group. I said with the ball, <laughs> I don't oh. care who it is, I take myself. I don't care who it is. <laughs> I'm going to give you that too. I'm going to give you that too. I'm going to give you that too. I'll put myself at the bottom of that list yeah. with the ball. But I will say this. The first time I played against you, I think you were with the academy and you came up. And somebody played me a free ball. And for me, that was easy yeah. money. I'm like, I'm in. This yeah. is easy. And I heard someone breathing on my neck. <laughs> and I'm going through my head, like, who could that be? I'm like, is Eddie Johnson tracking me back? Like, it could only be. And I look, and there's this kid with floppy hair. And I'm like, what? So, yeah, I remember. I, 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 I re- knew you were quick. So yeah, I'm like, yeah, I remember that exact play too. <laughs> but no, DeAndre, great to see you. Um, you've got the friendlies coming up with the national team. Good luck on those. Thank you. Um, we potentially will see you at my charity game, making an yeah. appearance with yeah. Oba. We'll talk about that. Yeah. But always a pleasure. I think the fans are going to be great to happy to have heard you on the podcast and thanks for stopping by man of course thank you very much we'll be back with much more Winging It with Zakwani. stay tuned that was DeAndre Yedlin we'll be right back I want to clarify a couple things though, because I know headline writers sometimes have you know Schmetzer calls out his team I challenge them and I wouldn't say I called them out because we want to try and stay positive in these tough times you have to hold them accountable, that's for sure. But, you know, I challenge them and challenge the staff, challenge myself. And I think that's the that's kind of the theme for this week. We're going to do whatever. It, we're going to unearth every stone, try and make every small detail important on and off the field. Welcome back. This is Winging It with Zakawani. Thanks again to DeAndre Yedlin. Um, we wish him all the best in the upcoming friendlies with the U.S. national team. And then, of course, all the best for the 2018-2019 season he's going to have in the English Premier League once again with Newcastle. Questions. Why have we not seen more of Lamar Nagel? That's a tough one because I have a soft spot for Lamar. He's my friend and you know, we came in the same year and every going and coming back of Lamar I've seen seen how hard he's worked he's had to prove himself and he's someone that I call a proven goal scorer in this league if given the time but I'm not out there every day at training so I can't speak from that what I would say is I think we'll see more and more of Lamar we saw him um, this past weekend I believe and we're going to see more and more because at some point you're going to need goals um, seven goals in ten games is you don't need me to tell you um, is abysmal and they know that and you have a guy who may be not 10 goals anymore in his career, but maybe five, seven goals um, he has in him, and that's sitting on your bench. I think at some point, at some point, um, you'll, you'll, they'll, they'll look towards that. But I'm not there every day, so it can be um, tough to say exactly, um, exactly what to say. Here's another one I thought was pretty good. Not really a question, more of a comment. It says, Brian Schmetz has been dealt a difficult hand with injuries. But what do you think of his tactics and style? Um, 
is that still questionable? Dempsey's not a target forward. More disturbing, there's a seeming lack of urgency, especially in the second half. Too many wingers, not enough strikers. There's a lot to unpack there. What I will say is this. I don't question Schmetz tactically. This is the man I saw go into the reigning MLS Cup champions in their home and set up a game plan that nullified Giovinco, nullified Michael Bradley, exposed Michael Bradley. And he did that missing several players. Fantastic masterclass. And he almost pulled it off again in Portland a few days later. And so the benefit of the doubt for me is long because, again, you work with what you have. Results haven't been good. He knows that. But I don't think it's tactics. This isn't, oh, had we played 4-2-2-2 or 4-1-4-1 earlier, we'd be challenging the supporter shield. No. There's 11 players on the field. Haven't got it done. It's pretty much, for me, I would say as simple as that. But always keep your questions coming in throughout the week. Hashtag Ask Zach. Before we go, the big three things. Number one, I kind of alluded to this in the last segment, the first segment, and, but I want to expand on it. And the phrase that should be ringing through that locker room right now until the World Cup break is over is by any means necessary. And what that means is you get as many points as you can until the reinforcements come in. Don't leave yourself too much to do after July and August because you won't get it done. Get as many points as you can on the board while you're depleted. And then when you'll be at your strongest, which the Sounders will be, they'll be a stronger and a better team in August, September, October. There's no doubts about that part. Simply because the guy's coming back. Hopefully they'll be healthier. And then, hopefully, there's a signing or two or three to help the guys out. So it will be a better team than we're seeing now. But if this team, as constructed right now, can get as many points as it can, beginning with Salt Lake, a very, very winnable game. This is not a daunting place. We've seen Salt Lake, and they're going to be missing their DP player, Rusnak. He's not playing. So they're going to be weaker. And if they can come into Central and can pull off a result, maybe a moment of magic can pull off a Sounders result. But you've got to do it anyhow. Scrap, fight. Play beautiful, don't play beautiful, doesn't matter. Get as many points as you can and then see where you are July 31st, first week of August, and then you make that final push. If it's for that sixth place, then go for the sixth place. If it's for a third or fourth place, go for that. Whatever is realistic at that point, you go. Number two, hunger. And when we talk about hunger, when I talk about hunger in football, for me, it's very, very easy. I would be, my rookie year, not so much because I was new and I just was, you know, trying to get better and playing my minutes, my 65, 70 minutes before Ziggy automatically subbed me off, just trying to get my time in. But then when I came back my second year, fitter, better, I could tell the guys I needed to learn from in the locker room. And it, for me, it was the guys that were hungry. I would, you know, I was very fortunate to have a locker next to Freddie Lundberg and I picked his brain just asking questions, you know, what was Thierry Henry's training habits when you were Arsenal? How did Vieira train? How did this guy train? I wanted to know how those people train. I was really, really hungry to get better. I wanted to get better. Um, I remember James Riley watching him. Um, he would be out 20, 30 minutes before the team training, working on some drills and then, couple times a week he'd stay back and work on some stuff he was hungry um freddie would stay out there and work on his free kicks and ozzy would work on his his long passing and i used to my second year with ziggy i worked with ziggy one-on-one and would shoot minimum 50 balls um so it was 10 
shots from five different spots across the 18 after every single training session that year. And my goal production doubled, more than doubled from rookie year to second year. And that's a huge part of it. But that was hunger. So if I was in that locker room right now, I'd just be looking at, is anyone here? If I see that someone's accepted where they're at, that's someone you can call out. And I wasn't a call out guy, but we had Brad Evans. We had Zach Scott. We had Taylor Graham. We had Casey Keller. I repeat, we had Casey Keller. Like these guys would call you out if you weren't pulling your weight. And it was important. We had Eddie Johnson at one point, guys that would talk like, because we knew if we're in a tough spot, which we had been so many times, who in there is going to call the players only meeting? No coaches, just players. That needs to happen sometimes. Who's going to call the, 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 the meeting with just the defenders, with just the strikers and just say like, um, um, what's going on and air your grievances. If like, you know, again, goes without saying, but when Eddie was here, there was more than a few meetings because we had to air a lot of things out. But, that's, I think, what it takes for a turnaround. That's what brings a team together. That's what it is. I would be very concerned if I was in that locker room and I looked at someone and thought, this person's not hungry. They don't really care if we win or lose. And that's not Sounders. That's not the standard we have. We have got to pull together and every person needs to pull, um, um, needs to pull their weight and be hungry. And I've told this story before. I'll say it again. The more I understood what it meant to be a pro, before every big game, I mean, LA, um, whether it's a playoff game, uh, Portland, whoever it was, I would text um, Ziggy throughout the week and say, can I be on a second team? Because I knew that when we scrimmaged during the week, if I was on the second team, I'd be going against our starting right back, whether it was James, whether it was DeAndre, whoever it was, um, Zach, that didn't matter. It would push me. It would make me better. I'd be in the second team, the weaker team, quote unquote, but I knew that come Saturday or Sunday game, I'd be ready. But those are the kind, and I learned that by watching what other great pros that I played alongside did. So that's what I'd be looking for if I was in that locker room. More than, you know, more than just tactics of X's and O's. Sometimes it's just from inside, and you need 20, 30 guys in that locker room, all driven. And sometimes that's what it takes to turn this thing around. Hunger. Number three, the biggest need. Listen, we've had enough of the season now where I can confidently say what the biggest need is. Seven goals in 10 games. You need someone to put a ball in the back of the net. And there's two ways to approach that. One, you go and sign the guy that's going to put the ball in the back of the net. That means you sign um, the DP striker, 10 figures, whatever it was, eight, I can't remember what the number Garth gave. But whoever that is, you sign that guy, he comes in, plays half a year, scores six to 12 goals, whatever it is, eight to 10 goals, and gives your team a chance. A guy who, on a game like Saturday, can pull off a special play. Kind of like what Obo used to do, turn really mediocre performances into wins with a moment of magic. You need that guy. That guy is not currently on the roster. Currently. Or you bring a guy who unlocks what you already have. So maybe not kind of like what Nico did. Nico came in not as a goal scorer, but he unlocked everyone around him. He unlocked um, Clint for the time they played together and he unlocked um, Jordan Morris and Nelson Valdez and those guys and that whole crew. So maybe it is another really, really good playmaker, a really good playmaker that's going to come and then make it so easy for Will and Clint to get goals and they get their goal tally up. But, the biggest need is goals. That's not deep analysis. That's not taking long to think. That's two seconds of research, two seconds of the eye test, and just saying, 
that's the area they're not good enough. Giving up 12 goals in, I think, 10 games is not bad. That's not bad at all. It was a special goal that beat the team at the weekend. It wasn't a defensive breakdown, really. You can kind of look at it and say maybe you turn inside too easily, but it's not. The biggest need is goals. And the go- there are goals on the roster, but that dynamic guy that's just going to be a PRT, be a Villa, be a Jovinko, be what Nico was when he first came, that spark. If you bring something like that and you have Nico, you have Victor Rodriguez, you have Ozzy, you have Clint, you have Wolverin, it maybe unlocks the goals that are currently hidden in the team. Salt Lake this weekend. Someone said there's no must-win games in May. I agree, but this will be June and it's a must-win game. Have to win. Have to win. Have to win. Purely bigger than three points. Purely for confidence, momentum, a little bit of payback due to them, what they did here. But belief can begin spreading through the team that we can pick up some points and then our reinforcements will come and then we'll be okay. That's about as fair as I can be. Want the team to do well, but you got to call out what you see. That's it this week. Winging it with Zakwani. We'll be back next week on this podcast hopefully celebrating three points in Salt Lake I will be up there Uh, make sure you tune in and lock in and watch us um, try to make sense of this crazy season so far winging it with Zakwani thanks for tuning in I'm Steve Zakwani